This is Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number 159. Thomas and Majana back, and we're going to pick apart podcast number 158 here. And Majana has a lot of experience with this, so this is going to be a really interesting conversation. But if you have not listened to 158, please go back and do that. It's two clips from the Megan Kelly show talking about out-of-body, near-death experiences where obviously the people came back and now can tell us what they saw on the other side when they were in that state. That probably, if you just listened to that conversation, would leave a lot of questions. We have made some notes on what both of the people said, and we're going to pick that apart in this podcast. Welcome aboard. Thank you. So presuming again that you've listened to the previous podcast, the First Lady Sherry, a couple of things stood out to me. First of all, she said that she knew right away that she had made this transition to another realm. Now, that's in contrast to the second lady who was confused. And you and I have talked about this where I know that we've or you've experienced certainly people that have been confused. Our mutual friend from Colorado who passed away you connected with him and he was confused. He was 35. He shouldn't have died. So what do you think happens when we, and these people didn't die, but they were in essence separated from their body. They were right on the, the soul. This is interesting. Oh God, so many things to talk about. <laughs> so the soul was separating is basically what was happening here. The soul, the body was, was um, dysfunctional enough that the soul was able to separate with it. And that's a whole nother conversation we won't go into, but what, how do you, How do you take this about the confusion versus Sherry's certainty that she knew right away that, wow, something is different here? Yeah, I think the two deaths were um, very different in that Sherry, the first person, did die. I mean, she was dead for 90 minutes. And if it were not for the perseverance of one doctor, she would not have been brought back. Um, They practiced CPR on her for 90 minutes until they could get her on life support. I found the the thing that was interesting to me about that was she didn't have any of those transition issues that I'm so familiar with. She immediately transitioned. She knew immediately she was in this wonderful place and had no confusion. Whereas the second lady, Nancy, um, had a dual reality, as she called it. And that was probably quite a blessing because she wasn't in her body. She saw her body going through the pain. She saw herself screaming, but she didn't have to feel it. So she had not completely separated from her body yet and had not physically died even briefly yet. So I think that was an interesting phenomenon, actually. This story, let's just pick this apart for a second, because I had a guy that I knew in Colorado who was 35 and he had epilepsy and over the holidays, he was not supposed to drink alcohol and he did. And they think that triggered a series of seizures and he fell and hit his head on the concrete and he actually died of a subdermal hematoma, which is, you know, a clot in the brain. And at 35, he was obviously not supposed to die, had no expectation of this whatsoever, even though his sister had died also from seizures. And Majana was able to connect with him. Tell him about that connection. What was unusual for me about that one is that um, he actually showed me through his eyes 
what he was seeing that last, and you know, time is a very difficult thing to understand, but I saw him walking in the snow and I could actually feel it, which is a first for me to feel everything he was feeling, the disorientation, the nausea, the dizziness, and to see what was happening. And then, and then he did remove from his body and showed me then the death when he fell onto his bed and face forward, face down. And so I didn't feel that there again, he had separated. So I had separated as well. And that's pretty common when people transition, if they, if they died very rapidly and they don't know they're dead, or if there was some trauma involved and they need to reconcile that, or they're here for to get a message to someone, it's very, very common that they have a need to show that death scene to someone. So um, my request for my angels was just, I don't want to see the gore. I was pretty blown away by that. And obviously he was in a real state of confusion. And I think through that connection, I mean, I was sitting there watching this. I, I can't, I don't have that ability. I can't connect like she can, but watched that. And then I think over the next few days, probably he got comfortable with what had happened and he moved on. And the other thing I thought was very great being your friend, he saw from the other side, he saw your desire to want to be able to connect with him. So you did. It was maybe not really clear, but I think that was the most clear connection you've ever had with someone who's transitioned. Yeah, I think so. I had seen him about two weeks before he died and I was in actually not in Colorado when it happened. And we had lunch together on Christmas Day, and it was just a real special time. So, yeah, even though we didn't know each other for a long time, I could definitely see how he would give that gift of trying to do that. We had a great relationship and rapport, even as short as it was. Yeah, he was great energy. The next thing that I picked out from Sherry's conversation, the first lady on the Megan Kelly show that we listened to last time, was that she talked about being instantly formless. And this is. You know, I said there were so many parallels to Fred's lives of the soul. And one of them is obviously, what does the soul look like? And we won't go into that. You can check out the audiobook on that if you want to dig deep on this. But certainly a formless, light as a feather, free, free of the burdens of everyday life. And she said, wow, this is so beautiful. That just sounds exactly like what the picture that Fred paints. And also, I mentioned in the last podcast, this guy, Michael Newton, has basically the same stuff as Lives of the Soul. And you think about, okay, where does this come from? Well, for Michael Newton, he was doing past life regressions. And his comes from thousands of people telling him basically the same thing under hypnosis. Fred might have studied Newton. I don't know. But Fred did his own meditations. And this was what he got the same thing. So there was a consistency there to both experiences. And, you know, there's so many out-of-body stories that the typical what I was taught when I grew up was that instantly we were either in heaven or hell. And this just it I, I'm sorry, but <laughs> there's just a preponderance of evidence that that is not the case because Nancy, the second lady, was an atheist when she died. And we'll talk about her in a minute. But the voice said, welcome to this place. You are my child. So if she was not a practicing Christian at that time, 
then, like I said, the whole story just starts to get all kinds of holes in it. And that might be something that you're exploring. Look, it took me years to work through this and to really release my background. That was a difficult release because it had been so ingrained in me. You know, she talks about the release and the re- and the lightness. I think that's a perfect reminder of this whole earth experience. This human thing is all a facade. This is not reality. We're just here learning. And as soon as you're out of here, you get real perspective on that and stop taking yourself so seriously. Another point is that when we transition, everybody talks about the same thing, it being so much lighter. The earth energy, go back to levels of energy is dense. It's heavy. It's 200s, which is just a notch above the lower levels. And we were in the lower levels until just recently, collectively. So the earth energy now is a little better, but still it's pretty thick and soupy and dense. So when we get out of that, this is why don't fear death, because when we die, there is an instant levity. And she said, wow, this is so beautiful. And again, across hundreds and even thousands of stories. That is a common theme. And that's what both of these ladies said. They no longer fear death. They live in more love and they live fearlessly. Another common theme from all of this material, and these stories corroborate this, is that Sherry said that she felt connected to her family on the other side and said that she felt connected to the heavens. One of the things that I go back as kind of the My introduction to all of this and a great book that I would highly recommend if you want to hear. I listened to the audio book actually while I was driving to Colorado in 2012 by Anita Morjani, and it's called Dying to Be Me. That is a great book. She was in her 40s, I believe, and died of cancer, and she literally died. She was out of her body, up above the room. She talks about the whole experience, and it basically follows this same pattern instantly. She was connected with her loved ones who had gone before her. And one thing I hear often with people making their transition is their loved ones are there to greet them. And I know as both of my parents were making their transition from cancer, so it was a prolonged transition, they would leave their bodies. And I would often feel like their parents' energies in the room, although I didn't see them, but I would feel it. And then after my dad made his transition, his... um About an hour later, he appeared to me with my mom and his parents and that whole side of the family. And he was just blissful and smiling ear to ear. And he just said, you're right. This is great. And, you know, if that was just a one time thing, then you could you you could obviously question that as well. Okay, but there are just so many stories that mention this same thing. Now, with Sherry, I love that she said She now believes in past lives before she didn't, and that she said that she learned of recurring themes, and she mentioned like in general finances or relationship trouble, etc., but she learned what recurring theme was most common to her life and how to clear it. I thought that was amazing. Again, same thing. We've heard this conversation. It's the same thing that we all definitely have things that we are here to deal with. You know, one thing that grabbed me in that is we hear of a, your life review often, but she specifically said it wasn't her this life. It was every life that she has had. And look, look at all of those. So you're looking for that common theme. And that's how she was given those themes that tag along with her. 
when Majana and I met, Majana has a friend who is very perceptive and Majana introduced us and she kind of did a read without me knowing that she was doing a reading. And she said that I had come here to deal with a particular issue and she clearly spotted it. And I knew that that was exactly the issue. Now, Majana just last weekend went to a retreat. I was out of town, but she went to a, a little seminar by this guy, John Newton, used to be an actor, and now he's doing this work. Tell them what you encountered there relative to this. Yeah, what he does a little bit differently is exactly what she said. He looks at the whole um, soul connection to your ancestors and then what reoccurring themes are showing up in this lifetime as mental or um, emotional anguish or physical anguish and helps release those. But he looks back at your ancestors as well and helps you address all of those themes. You know, I've been finding so many just wonderful nuggets of things in the astrological chart, and I can definitely see how that is in there. It's kind of buried. You'd have to go dig it out, and you definitely would have to talk to somebody about what's been going on in their life to get to the point of where the chart shows, but it's in there. It's in there for sure. And I think if, like, if you have, I would take a minute and just do some reflecting, maybe get your journal out and think about. What comes up for you over and over? Or what is that challenge that you just haven't been able to get up and over? I've heard uh, Jeanette Ma talk about this on her podcast, LOA Recon, where talking about this thing where some things are just really, really easy. Like for her, money is not a big deal, but relationships are a big deal. Can't seem to get that one to work like other areas of life. So I think for all of us, it would be worth reflecting on what are those areas, things for you that just seem to keep coming up. And what I would say to deal with that, like in this, you don't want to have a near-death experience. If you don't have to, to work through that, just ask the universe gently to help you. I would do it through intention. Like I have the intention to work through this. And then I, I've got to say, one of the reasons I decided to make a change from Colorado was to get back into the fray, get back in the ring, if you will, of two key areas in my life that I know still I'm working on. And as blissful as it is to be in the mountains and skiing and just enjoying that, if I kept doing that, I wasn't growing in these other areas. So I think we can work through it. We can work through it intuitively. We can work through it by just asking the universe to help us gently, put gently in that intention. And That's important. And yeah, just don't say, hey, you know, slap it on me. I'm ready. Uh, ask for it to be gentle. Ask for it to be kind. So just wrapping up Sherry here, where she said she was now no longer afraid of death. This was just so cool that both ladies said the main transformation was not living anymore in fear. And this was what Anita Morjani said as well. And Anita Morjani said that her focus was love. Love was a really big thing for Anita in her book. She said that the love that she felt on the other side was absolutely, totally beyond human description. And it's interesting because we did this talk recently where we mentioned that which is not of love is fear. Fear. And both of these ladies mentioned that the fear that had driven their lives was dissolved by this out-of-body experience. That's incredible. And I love how Sherry said, 
how she used to base all of her decisions on fear. And now she flipped the script. (laughs) Wow. Great line, man. All right. And then Nancy, a couple of things that I thought were significant there. We kind of talked about the other one. The the first one that I wanted to mention is, oh, no, no, no. The first one for Nancy, the second interview is she said she was going to go run some errands on her bike. But this little voice inside said not to go outside riding that day. And she said, I don't know where that little voice came from, but I ignored it. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) If you've been listening to this podcast at all for the last year or so, year or two, you know that the whole shift of everything that I've been growing into myself has been to hear that little voice and to follow that little voice. When it speaks, man, you listen. Well, it spoke, and that's usually when it comes up, is exactly when it's supposed to, and she was slapped by a car. And this is, for you bicyclists out there, she mentioned that the lady who hit her was so glued to her phone that she didn't even know that she had hit somebody. Right. She was, yeah, didn't know she was even on her car. I love to ride a bicycle, and that's the thing that I have the most fear of. I'll mention fear. That would be it right there. It's the person on her phone or his phone who doesn't even know that they had hit somebody. That's incredible, but certainly within the realm of possibility. And then that second point is here was a lady who was a professing atheist. She was raised Catholic, had left the church. I grew up in a church that would have said either one of those would have sent her to hell, being Catholic or being atheist. So, and you know, and she wakes up in this beautiful hillside, a mountain range in the distance. She felt peace and welcoming like never before. And I love that she said, you are my child. Welcome home. She didn't die and go to hell. That's a whole nother conversation about how all that came about. But But if you're believing that or you're struggling with that, you can email me. I will help you walk through your questions. If you'll just send me an email to thomas at subconsciousmindmastery.com. Or connect with us in the Facebook page, the Subconscious Mind Mastery listeners in Facebook, and I will help you walk through that because I'm really passionate that that impression, that programming get dissolved in as many people as possible. Now, the real juice of the Nancy interview was when she was up there and she said that a female, a womanly guide came to help her out. This is, geez, this is the, the juice of this whole thing of what happens when we die. And this happened so quickly, but uh, Megan Kelly asked her, when did you come back or why did you come back? She said, why did you come back? I came back because I had agreed to do this before I was born. And I was reminded of that when I was there. I love that. I love that. And she talked about the big screen that she, she was shown this on. That's the other thing. When I narrated Lives of the Soul, the thing that Of course, being a television producer in the past caught my attention was when Fred talked about the movie room, viewing scenes from this life with our soul guide and actually trying the scenes on and picking things out that we would agree to do. And here on the Megyn Kelly show on NBC syndication and weekday afternoons, some lady who had this very thing happens corroborates that part of the story where she said that she showed Nancy, this womanly guide, showed Nancy on a screen in the sky in front of all her family and friends of her agreeing to do certain things, and this was one of them. 
So for all, how do you frame that up? All of the stuff in your life, all of the challenges, all of the stuff that you can't seem to get on top of, realize if that was you and suddenly you were transported into that and saw all of that and you go, oh yeah, okay, got to go back. I'll be back. See you guys later, but I got to go back. It seems like a cheat sheet. (laughs) Incredible that so many things that we think are problems or so many things that we frame up as bad that we have actually agreed agreed in front of our soul group big enough that we can put it on a big screen up in the sky and go there it is remember <laughs> see we i mean we have the amnesia when we come here but when we get back into that environment, it all becomes crystal clear. And why did we agree to do these things? For spiritual growth. And what does that tell you about judgment? If everybody sees your mistakes, so, so you might call them, and what you agreed to come in here to do. Tells me that there was no ego. No ego. Yeah. No ego, no judgment. It's just love. Ego, judgment is centered in the ego. True. Judgment is housed in the ego. The ego was laying dead on a bed. When you escape the ego, then everything is just okay. And boy, if we could get to that purpose, or if we could get to that position here, how different our lives would be. So a couple of takeaways from this. One, don't live by fear. (laughs) It's like, I would just use these examples as motivation enough to go, I'm going to go for it. I've adopted that recently, like just going for broke and nothing can be too small. Just go big or go home, but don't do it by fear. Whatever those things that you were afraid of, put yourself in these ladies' positions. Use their story to escape your own fearful tendencies. Make sure you're not taking extreme physical risks, right? You still have a physical body. They're talking about emotional fear and just things are holding them up back from having really good experiences. She's a Capricorn. <laughs> you know, I got to put it out there. Another thing that I would take away from this is the realization or the comfort in realizing that we agreed to do this. And when you sculpt it that way, And Lives of the Soul talks about getting together with our soul guide, getting together with our soul family, going into this movie room, putting together. I mean, spending a lot of time and effort on where we are energetically, where we want to go, and how this incarnation is going to support that. And then we put these scenes together. So all of these things that we determine as challenges, if you just get okay that we agreed to do this, To me, it leads to incredible self-forgiveness, which I think for a lot of people is a big issue. You can forgive yourself when you just think about, wow, I put this script together and I agreed to it. I shook hands on this deal. So it's all okay. It's all going to be okay. And then I think the third thing, the third takeaway from this is the highest emotion that we can experience on earth, which is love. But it's nothing compared to what love is on the other side. But living in love and staying in love, I think, is the challenge. And Nancy said that. She said she is more loving now than ever and continually becomes more and more loving. So instead of letting that ego and rage fill you, send love. It's love and kindness. 
Well, that pretty much puts the icing on the cake of this dissection of those two incredible interviews. Hope this has all helped, this whole package. And I'd love to hear your feedback on it. If you would email me again, thomas at subconsciousmindmastery.com or go to the Facebook page, Subconscious Mind Mastery Listeners. And we'd love to hear from you on your thoughts on this or how it's affected you. Thanks for listening to this one. Enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.